Do you have a life insurance policy? I don't. I have a life insurance policy. It's like eight dollars a month. Yeah. Health and are like it's thousands. That's too thousands. much. Too much, guys. Oh my god, they were roommates. Welcome back to the Roommates Couch Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Kelton. I had a question for both of you, and I've been saving this for when we have a guest because it's such a good question that I didn't want to do just me and Bruff. Mackenzie, I know that you're vegetarian, so just mm -hmm. ignore your base instinct for a minute. And let's say that you get stranded on a desert island with unlimited people that you don't know, right? And the only source of food on this whole island is all of the other people. But you do have access to any condiment that you want. What oh. sauce are you dipping your people in? What would make it palatable for you? I'm going with barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's too on the nose. It would just make me sick. <laughs> Instantly, I was like Chick-fil-A sauce. Like when I eat Chick-fil-A, I eat like 90% sauce, 10% chicken. Yeah. Like I douse it. It's so human okay. flesh. I hear it tastes like pork. That's disgusting. Go for it. <laughs> Can't believe you said that. Um, yeah. That went faster than I was expecting it to. to be honest. <laughs> what about you, dude? What are you going to douse it in? <coughs> Honey mustard is the only answer that's acceptable. But I feel like you guys both are on the same path because Chick-fil-A sauce is like, it's just barbecue mixed with something else. What is it mixed with? Is it mayo? Mayo and like vinegar, maybe the nectar of the gods. It, I don't get a barbecue from it. No, is it really? Yeah, is oh, it yeah it's got a nice, nice. I don't feel it. like it is. It barbecue? Mm -hmm. I think so. Hmm. I don't know. Where's our Google guy? Yeah, our Google guy, Mackenzie. Do you want to apply to be our Googler? You can be our intern. I don't think so. I think I, <laughs> I don't think I have time for that. Uh oh, boo. So I just have my esthetician license, so the majority okay. of what I do is like facials and waxing all day long. Cool. She does wax men, yeah. though. The first time that I, I met do. Mackenzie, she was waxing a man. <laughs> on, the, on my kitchen counter. Wow. Yeah. Was it yeah. Dane's thoughts? It was Are Dane's you thoughts. the waxer of Dane's? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard the story. I just didn't know who was the, the service provider. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone that... It was like the most like janky setup yeah. ever. Yeah. Everyone that wasn't in Mackenzie's apartment that day, which is going to be... Now that we're kind of exploding and huge and big and cool, like 99% of our listeners, but um, Dane Stotts was my roommate. He talked me into going over to Mackenzie's house because she was going to wax his chest for free. And she was waxing him on the kitchen counter and I was like standing over top of him filming. So not only did I meet Mackenzie, who was one of my best friends in college that day, but that same day I also met Serena, who was my wife, is my wife still. That didn't end. So <laughs> <laughs> She's been gone for a month. <laughs> yeah, she's been gone, but she's back now. Well, and that's how Dane met Haley too. True. Yeah, that same day. Yeah. They're half of the like roommates in that apartment like married each other, like friends of friends. Yeah. I have a question for you, mm -hmm. guys. So a couple weeks back, you guys had posted some conspiracy theories oh. to uh, explore. The conspiracy theory that I always love to bring up that actually makes people really mad when I tell them that I more or less believe it is that I think the first moon landing was staged. Like I think it was fake. I don't think that we, like, I believe now that we've been to the moon, I think the first time was, like, fake. We haven't. We We're haven't, what, this... been to the moon at all? No, 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 no. We went the first time. <laughs> we haven't been since then. <laughs> this is our first time back. We're going this year. Oh, okay. 
Well, I think the first the first time, the only time was still staged. See? I think it was like a nationalism thing. That's my my theory. Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> I have such a hard time with it because like the the part of me that is like a red blooded American, however small that part it might be, wants to believe that we went to the moon and we did all the things and the astronauts weren't lying. But like logically, I think you're probably right. And it's definitely something that we would do. Like if Russia was about to beat us, we'd be like, Oh, we were there last week. Come on. We got you. <laughs> like that's, that's such an American thing for us to do. So I, we went to the moon. I'm, I'm sticking to it. We were there. Part of, part of yeah. like thinking here is the fact I'm like, okay, we really went to the moon before we had iPhones. Like logically here, like technology wise, I feel like we would have had iPhones and then had a moon landing. We do always say that your phone is more powerful than the computer that NASA used to get the astronauts to space, which that doesn't make a lot of sense, but. What are your thoughts, Kelvin? Yeah. This is an interesting. My father-in-law just this week basically confessed to me he was like i don't believe it happened and i was like hey <laughs> that's a thing um i this is where i stand with it um when you go and watch like oh it's because of this and the shadows and the wind and the flag like all those things there's reasoning for like that i don't necessarily believe i think like i i don't believe that that debunks the idea that we actually landed there the the most compelling piece for me is kind of what you already mentioned where we send these people up they spend a short amount of time kind of hopping around bring back some samples and then we just kind of wrote off the moon as like there's no valuable resources there there's nothing to be learned so we're just for the next 30 years not going to go back and really do anything about that that just seems a little off like we're we're almost closer to starting to send people to mars and colonize mars and make mars a viable option before the moon which i feel like is that's weird to me. Like, it's not like we're hurting for space down here, but it's it's just interesting that we wouldn't try to establish a base on the moon that we could test more experiments of space with or something like that. You know, like, it just seems like it's a, a, a viable space and it was a viable option since we got there so easily in the 60s, you know, that we could have went back and, and done more with it. So that's the only part to me that just seems kind of weird because we, we spend billions and billions of dollars to point a telescope telescope into the darkness for a experiment to see if we can figure out how galaxies were formed but we're not going to go explore the the one thing that impacts the earth in a great way pulls our tides changes our nights our days you know there's lots of things that the moon does you know so i fully agree every time i talk about this stuff with someone i I feel myself swaying and I'm like, yeah, like there's some good points. Like maybe we didn't go. I just want to believe that we've been, you know, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I have a hard time with it. It just, I wish maybe that's what it is. I wish that we had gone. And so I'm unwilling to believe that we haven't, but from a logical standpoint, we probably haven't been to the moon. I'm glad everyone's on the same page. I'm going to do some research. <laughs> I've, I've been considering um, getting into, flat eartherism not for the purpose of being a flat earther but like everyone that you talk to that's like a flat earther they're like oh i started on these youtube videos and then i went down a rabbit hole and like now i'm convinced and it's like what could be so convincing what video has brainwashed all of these people where it's just like the earth is flat it's not (laughs) but i'm curious as to what could cause that you know you, there's an incredible documentary on Netflix about it where they follow these flat earthers and it's like the documentary is staged to be like 
try to make you believe that it's flat earth and then the very end of the entire documentary the main guy's like we have an experiment that's going to prove the earth is flat and then they run the experiment and it proves that the earth is round and the guy's like you can just visibly see our space like crap <laughs> and then the documentary ends and it's like the most incredible thing so good yeah maybe maybe this week i'll study the moon landing and i'll become a flat earther and we'll come back Reconvene. perfect, perfect. <laughs> You, you'd also mentioned in your comment, uh, Mackenzie, about birds not being real. And that that's always, that's a funny conspiracy theory because it's like, that one got some serious legs as well for a while. And I don't, it's, with these theories, it's like, I don't think anyone believes them. And they're just like funny, memeable things. But then there's like really dumb people. And once the dumb people like get on board with it, they're like... Yes, this is our thing now. <laughs> I I think some I birds think might not be real. That's what I'm saying. There are definitely some like government drone birds. We, like like pigeons. Pigeons can't be real. Most birds real. Pigeons definitely not real. Yeah, we at our last apartment complex. <laughs> and this is right before COVID. There is there was a pigeon that was always outside, and we called him Fatty Bird because he was really fat and he couldn't really fly, but he would wander around my apartment complex and pick up little bits of food that people had thrown for him. I don't know. And he would just like hang out on my porch. And so I'd walk out and go into my car to work every day. I'd be like, what's up, fatty bird? And he'd like, like <laughs> bob his little head at me and, and kind of move on his way. COVID hits, right? We have our little government shut down. Fatty bird is nowhere to be found. And like, you're going to say, oh, you were locked in your house. You were doing all this stuff. I was an essential worker. I was at work every day. He was gone the entire time that the government was on lockdown, the entire first month of the pandemic, because like birds aren't valuable. We're trying to survive. And then we start to get stuff figured out. Who shows up? Fatty Bird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was not real. That's what I'm saying. And it was a pigeon. Yep, he was a pigeon. Guys, I have killed way too many birds in my life to <laughs> not believe that they're real. <laughs> How many of them are pigeons, but, though? Okay, so here, here's the one thing I will give you. Solved. When it, <laughs> here's the one thing I will give you. So I like my whole life growing up, my dad's a big hunter and stuff, so I was keenly aware of animals around our home around where we lived and everything and there is a dove it is called an asian dove and they make the most annoying sound in the world it's a really loud and it kind of sounds like an owl um but they this is what's crazy is like i remember being like 10 12 years old so old enough to remember and that was the first introduction of those birds like they didn't exist in my life and then all of a sudden they existed and my dad was like, what is this bird? And I'm like, why is it so annoying? Why is it so loud? And did some research and figured out it's an Asian dove and it's like a non-native species that, that came in or whatever type of thing. And they are everywhere. I have five of them that live in my tree and they make that really loud sound. But it's crazy because they didn't exist before. <laughs> so that is the one thing I will give you on the birds not being real theory. I've never killed an Asian dove. And if there is any bird that is not real it is the asian dove okay so along the same line and this it's gonna be a, a little bit of a shifted gear but like bear with me do you guys remember the moment that you like gained consciousness like you're just like living no. your little life and then you're just like pff, you finally have a memory that you can look back on because that... my memory's terrible but i have an early one for sure what is it um breaking into the house we've talked about oh. that one but i i had to be like <laughs> Three, three years old. I was little, little. And that's like a very vivid memory. Hmm. Yeah. What about you? What's your favorite? Oh. You're, you're not your favorite. You're first. I don't know that I have one, to be honest. I just like, 
Hmm. At some point I like became aware of myself and I don't know what that point was, but like maybe I'm not real and the government through me is influencing the masses. And that's why we started a podcast because someone in the government wanted me to. Mimit's not real. Mimit's not real. You're fatty bird. Mimit like... <laughs> you know how everyone talks about like FBI agents like in your computer? Like Mimit oh, is yeah. like 1.0 like FBI agent in the real, mm-hmm. in the skin. That's in me. In the flesh. In the mm-hmm. flesh. My, my coworker, um, this is a wild thing of the government <laughs> that, that happened. So uh, my coworker, she was like, a, she worked in Washington for a while and she became a part of this program where it's essentially a, a beauty pageant-esque type of thing that they host in DC. And uh, she, it's called the Jer- Cherry Blossom Festival in Washington, DC. And they, at the end of the festivities, they have this big wheel with all of the um, representatives from each state and they spin the wheel. And if it lands on you, you get to go to Japan to represent the United States in their cherry blossom uh, festival, whatever. Spun the wheel and it landed on her. So, yeah. So my coworker, she, she's going to leave for a couple months and she's going to months um, or not months. Sorry. A couple weeks. So even weeks. (laughs) Yes. I'd kill a lot of people to go to Japan for a couple weeks. (laughs) Become the cherry blossom queen, dude. That's all you have to do. Done. Done. <laughs> but uh, she was talking to me about it and telling me, and there's all these like kind of weird things, but she's going to meet like the prime minister of Japan. She's going to meet the mayor of Tokyo and she's going to meet all these like uh, high ranking officials. And just me being dumb and in my mind, I had all these jokes that I was about to just like start dropping. And then I was like, don't say them because Japan's FBI is probably in her webcam right now, like making sure that they, they track everything she's doing before she comes and meets all their, their high ranking officials. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they don't let just anybody do that. <clears throat> and you know, it's true because like just the other day, me and my father-in-law, well, my father-in-law, he was up camp. He was up camping with his wife and they were talking about Humvees and he's like, we didn't have service. My phone was in my pocket or whatever. He said the next morning I started getting ads for Humvees. So it's like, if we're using technology like that for advertising, you know that the government's that's a conspiracy I, I will buy in to one hundred percent. We talked about Ricky and his five inch inseams. Literally <laughs> this morning, Ricky comes up to me and I was like the resurgence of Ricky, like this is actually gonna be the end of Mehmet. And he's like, Hey, we had a conversation last week about five inch inseams, and I want you to know that I have done nothing but get ads for five inch inseam shorts <laughs> the last week. And I was like, what the heck did you Google him? And he's like, no, not at all. And all I said was that he had a big wiener and that's why he couldn't wear them. And now all he gets that's is five inch inseams. Crazy. I just been getting advertisements for big D Ricky's all week. Kenzie, <laughs> <laughs> what do you believe? Do you believe in the FBI surveilling you? Well, I was going to say on the note of your coworker, I'm sure that they've already been following her up until this point, and the fact that her chair got chosen was not an accident. Ooh, mm, they wheel. did the research years in advance. They've they been following like, her her whole life. Yeah, they're probably like the most th- non-threatening state in all of America is Iowa. So we're selecting the cherry blossom queen from Iowa. Um, no government surveillance. Like it's it's real. Do you guys think 9/11 happened? Like obviously it happened. This is like kind of a but like, did George Bush do that? How did George Bush? I feel like this is like one that I started getting into with someone one time, and they're like, "You're being disrespectful." Good. For even thinking. disrespect him. It's been twenty something years. Move on. Never forget, dude. It's literally the slogan. 
I think it was fake. I used to think like, no, of course it wasn't. Of course we wouldn't fabricate a war to go to a Middle Eastern country and overthrow a dictatorship or put in a dictatorship and take all their oil. That's kind of our playbook. That's what we do. And like, yeah, an attack on American soil was like a first, but I think we did it. Someone in the government was like, he like wrote up a PowerPoint presentation was like, best idea, the World Trade Centers. Bye-bye. Positive that it wasn't real. I did watch a crazy video. Uh, the guy who featured it on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast where uh, it's essentially a guy that worked at the Pentagon and like 10 days prior to 9-11, he was given information about like, here's the subsequent nations that we're going to go to war with. And it was all the, the countries that we eventually went to war with or whatever. And so there's, there's a lot of stuff out there like that. Um, I don't think our government specifically said 9-11 like we the world trade centers are the target and we're going to do that i think that they pushed the buttons and said hey you guys need to do you need to make that public attack um so that it justifies us going to war Mm -hmm. and they didn't say hey we need you to do this they they were just prodding kind of waiting for that moment of retaliation because and, and we've talked about this before that when tragedy strikes like that like we all become very patriotic and very you know united in the the cause there i I think that there was a lot of dominoes in place and they were waiting for the right one to fall. I don't think anyone like wished that type of tragedy on our own people, but I don't know. There is some, there's some stuff we don't know, but that that's my thoughts. Mackenzie. I can, I can get behind it being like an inside job. I don't think it was necessarily like George Bush, but you think about like how much money there is in war. And you guys have had episodes before just talking about war and nationalism and what it takes to have a bunch of people join the military and justify the big military budget. And so I can see it being an inside job. That's, yeah. that's what it takes. Yeah, inside job. Maybe not George Bush, but someone close in the cabinet. <laughs> someone with a PowerPoint. Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> Kanye West. <laughs> Where was he on 9-11? That's a good question. <laughs> Brett, did you hear about that? Uh, this Utah mom that uh, got arrested for the murder of her husband, and she was like, the author of a children's book on how to get over losing people. And it like turned out yes. that she had like poisoned him with fentanyl. Yep. Okay. I, I did read that. It was very OJ esque. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What a, what a weird thing to like actively try to murder your husband. And then as soon as he does finally die, you're just like, all right, now I'm going to write a children's book on getting over it so that I can make myself some money because he was actually super, super rich and uh, a lot of people don't know this, but he traded his or he transferred all of his assets over into his sister's name and made his sister the beneficiary of his life insurance policy because he was pretty sure that she was poisoning him. But that just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, if you know that someone is poisoning no. you, leave. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, there? I, I hear that quite a bit in like these true crime things where it's like, if I die, it was this person. If you ever say that statement, like, abandon that relationship get away from get that away. person. <laughs> Like, I don't get that. That's essentially, though, kind of what happened with, like, the Lori Vallow case is her, one of, not even her first husband, like, her second or third husband, Charles, the guy she was essentially, who she essentially killed to leave her life in Arizona and move to Rexburg and get with Chad, um, he had suspicions that she was trying to kill him, and so she cha- he changed his insurance policy um so that she would no longer be like the beneficiary but he she didn't know that and so when he 
or when she had her brother kill him and she reached out to the insurance company and they said you aren't the beneficiary anymore she was pissed she had her brother kill him yeah i'm missing missing details on this case because i didn't even know that she lived in arizona i thought she was from rexburg really no she was in like the gilbert mesa area that's where she was living at the time that's where i live she yeah yeah she moved to rexburg to be with chad but originally she was from arizona yeah (laughs) yeah but she was like when the cops came to her house um to ask like the first time like where the kids and stuff were she started telling them this whole sob story about how she was just going through a really hard time how her husband had just been killed i don't know if she said killed or if he died but how he like changed the life insurance policy and so she was on hard times like she didn't realize that he had changed the life insurance policy and I feel like it's a pretty good indication. Like if you don't trust the person that's the beneficiary, you should probably just like avoid them altogether. Yeah. 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 That's, that's almost a dead giveaway. Like if someone changes the beneficiary without like filing divorce or like giving you a death certificate saying that that person has recently deceased, like that's a pretty good indicator that they're the one that's responsible. Yeah. Well, and they were in the process of getting a divorce at the time, but she obviously was trying to, to cash in on that paycheck before the divorce was finalized. She should. Get your bag, queen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> PSA, though, like, if you suspect that someone's going to kill you and you have a life insurance policy, before you even change it, approach the person you think is going to kill you and say, I've changed it. <laughs> because there is no motive at that point. They're just like, well, crap. If I kill you, I'm just going to go to jail. I'm not even going to get money for it, you know? So, yeah. PSA. Everyone I do feel that like first. that's fair. And yeah, you, that's a good first step. If you do want to change it, feel free to have your life insurance addressed to the roommate's couch at gmail.com, <laughs> and we would be more than happy to solve your murder. I do understand. Obviously, life insurance makes sense, but there's a lot of people that like they take out huge policies, and I have a hard time paying for something that I know is going to get used when I die. Like, <laughs> like I want your family like to be taken care of or whatever, but like, at some point, it's like. I hope I can cover the cost of my funeral, and then I hope that my wife can go and use her education and get a job. You know, <laughs> I don't. I don't see the the point of like paying tons of money for a what if accident. Chandler Kelton does not give a shit. <laughs> it's all that I heard. That single whole sentence. Single mom, single mom having to work hard after her husband no, died. Last no, week no, we no. talked about single moms and Kelton's like, oh, I gotta step in and help unless it's my wife, my no, kids. Listen listen guys listen just drop in like because life insurance is not super expensive but it's on i don't know based on your policy you get a big fat policy you could be spending thousands of dollars over your lifetime and like i know accidents happen but like not real not all the time do you have a life insurance policy i don't it's like eight dollars a month yeah <laughs> I, everything, like it's thousands that's too thousands. much too much guys i i literally my insurance policy isn't big it's like i think serena gets like four hundred and fifty thousand dollars when i die and it's like 62 cents a month <laughs> okay i need i need help the roommate's couch is gonna pay for your life insurance <laughs> so that my goddaughters aren't abandoned when you die in an accident oh okay well now that I've been educated on life insurance, it's a great, <laughs> it's a great idea. Everyone should have life insurance. Everyone should have life insurance. What's, what's going so on with our girl? I have, okay. So I have some good stuff. So I've been following the trial like religiously back when 
I've been following the trial since like when the slogan is like, where are the kids? Like they were putting up like the ribbons and everyone was kind of like hoping for the best, like hoping that the kids were in some kind of like underground, like bunker thing. And that's where they were. Um, And the fact that it's taken this long for them to like finally do the trial is like crazy. And part of the reason they waited so long to do Lori's trial is essentially she was trying to not have to go through any kind of trials and just kind of claim insanity. So she was like in and out of different like mental institutions and then finally they were like no like you're sane enough to like go on trial Mm -hmm. um but they haven't done chad's trial yet which is the husband so i don't know when that's coming up but it'll be coming up here soon um and so Lori just had her trial in idaho and boise because they couldn't do it in like rexburg madison county obviously um i don't know how boise's much better like i don't they had to try to find um a jury that didn't know a ton about the trial Mm. so boise is where they held it um but they had the trial for the death of tylee her daughter jj her son and then also tammy daybell who was chad's wife so that's essentially what the trial covered um was here i have her final I tried to make note so that I wouldn't sound like a total idiot, but her charges were conspiracy to commit first degree murder and grand theft by deception for Tylee, first degree murder for Tylee, conspiracy to commit first degree murder and grand theft by deception for JJ, first degree murder for JJ, conspiracy to commit first degree murder for Tammy Daybell and grand theft, which grand theft is anything over a thousand dollars, which there was more money that they were able to get just through like life insurance policies. Oh, and stuff. okay. I was, so, I was yeah, asking, all... like, how are they associating grand theft? Cause normally that's like, I think of grand theft auto because of the game and like stealing cars yeah. and like that kind of thing. But I knew it was like the thousand dollar rule, but that makes sense since they were like defrauding companies and stuff that. Yeah. So there were multiple like life insurance policies. And then there were also multiple um, like social security checks and stuff like there. I don't know. I don't fully understand why JJ and or Tylee were getting social security checks, but they were. And one of the reasons um, that Lori didn't say that her children had died was one, because she didn't want to get caught, but two, she was still cashing in on those social security checks. Um, So yeah, that's one of the reasons. Um, But now she is going to be expedited here shortly to Arizona to also go through the trial um, for her husband that died, Charles. So that'll be interesting. Someone told me that the death penalty was taken off um, the table for her in Idaho because there was some kind of someone dropped the ball doing something. So death penalty is not allowed in Idaho, but it will be on the table for the trial in Arizona. We like to kill people here. We do that. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. So do, you know, um, do you know what she received like in Idaho as far as that court goes? So she was found guilty on all the charges I just said. Um, but they said it'll take up to three months to see what her, like, oh, what the like the sentencing here, the sentencing and all okay. of that, that has not happened yet. It was just a few days ago that they found her guilty on all charges. Guilty is good. We yeah. like guilty. But I have some screenshots from direct quotes from the trial that yeah. I want to share. Yeah. Um, here, let me see if I can find my like favorite one of all of this. I'm going to ruin Harry Potter for you. Are you ready? <laughs> No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, I'm about to ruin it. So Chad is the guy that she's having the affair with, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, one of the most awkward parts about the whole trial is there were a bunch of like sexual messages going between Lori and Chad that they had to use as like evidence. But they are the most like 
cringy, disgusting oh, no. like messages back and forth. He wrote this whole story between the two of them. A Harry um, Potter fan fiction no, about no, okay. Lori Vallow. I got to get my hands on it. <laughs> so, so this is a text message that he sends that Chad sends to Lori on July 26, 2019. He says, I'm a grown up version of Harry Potter who has to live with the Dudleys in his little space under the stairs. Every few weeks I get to escape and have an amazing adventures with my goddess lover. But then I have to return to my place under the stairs, stairs feeling trapped, but I sense permanent freedom is coming. So Kelton had mentioned Nate Ian who lives in Rexburg and he's the guy that's been like following this like whole case and East Idaho news has been really on top of like putting out really good information. Um, like 2020 has done some specials. Netflix even has a special about the Doomsday Mom, which is the whole Lori Vallow case. Mm-hmm. And they put that all out like months ago. Um, but Nate Eaton did a really good job of like compiling every single day, kind of like a summary and some of like the notable things. So some of the stuff I'm reading is from like East Idaho News. But it showed some of her like Google searches. Um, one of her searches was for the rings that they got. This was before Tammy was even like dead. She searched Malachite rings. Um, she also searched Gerber life policy, life insurance for children. She searched Phoenix pet service, Craigslist, cell service dogs, um, because JJ was autistic and oh. had a service dog. And she just like got rid of the dog. Like as soon oh. as she, she offed him, she got rid of the dog. Um, and then she also searched to find possessed because she was trying to say that like her kids were possessed. And that's why she had to kill them. So she was trying to tell all of her friends that that's like why. Um, Yeah. So she, there was just like evidence on evidence. They had, I think it was like, I want to say 26 days. um, It's how long the trial lasted. They had over 60 witnesses. It was, they definitely did a really good job of like making sure they had all the evidence that they needed. Google searches seem to be like the downfall of everyone in the last couple of years. And for, for our audience that is less than savory, I'm going to give you some advice. Library cards are free. Go to a library, get a library card, and Google there. You don't need to Google baby life insurance on your personal cell phone. They can find it. It doesn't matter if you're in incognito mode. Google just got sued for that because they've been tracking you. Like, go to a well, library. And it, it she had a ton of cell phones. Like, they all had a ton of cell phones, but it was all linked to their Google accounts. Dumb. And so they were able to say, like, this Google account searched this on this day. Dumb. Yeah. Did you, have you gotten to the episode yet where we talk about how Lori burned Bibles in Kelton's backyard? Yeah, yeah. That was crazy. She was there. That's a fact that not even Nate <laughs> Eaton has. You're hearing it here first, folks. Act very loosely. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, the Doomsday Cult was in your house. Things. She probably, I didn't know this until last week, but this isn't even Kelton's living room. I thought that it was. So he has an outbuilding out behind his house. Mm. Guaranteed. Lori slept I won't say on that couch because I know that that's your couch. On a couch in that room, (laughs) she slept there. She came to visit because they were having Bible burns and all that. She needed a place to crash afterwards. Right there. And this is where she was given her wizardly wand. And this is where... (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like the biggest punishment for any criminal is that you have to sit there in a room full of people and read through all your cringe in a public (laughs) setting. Like that is so rough. One of the messages, one of the messages says, Chad Talori, this is July 14th. And this is again, before he murdered his wife. I need you so badly just to gently kiss you for hours. And then Chad, oh, that's what Lori says. Then Chad goes, it would likely lead to other activities. 
Lori to Chad. Likely or luckily, Chad to Lori, it would likely lead to nakedness. How does that make you just like crawl in your skin? So that is a conversation that was had between 12-year-olds. There's no chance that that was consenting adults texting each other. What the hell was that? It's so bad. And there's like so much of it. There's a whole, literally a whole text message novel. Uh, that's just like pornographic. That's like posted on East what? Idaho News. It's so gross. Lori. But I will say on day two of the trial, Lori tried to get out of it and said that she didn't want to be there for the trial anymore. And they said, they said, no, like you have to be here for your whole trial. To quote the grandpa in holes, that's too damn bad. You keep digging. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> I said that line today. Did you? <laughs> I, I was cutting down a bunch of tree limbs in my house, and I got to the point where I realized after I'd cut them all down, I was going to have to haul them away. Oh, that's and the Chan worst. looked out at me, and I was like, I'm tired of this, Grandpa. And I left it at that, and there's branches all over my yard, and I'm going to pick them up tomorrow because <laughs> I was tired of this, Grandpa. Me and Serena say that to each other a lot. Yeah, we say that a lot in our household, too. Honestly, Holes is just like a, such an iconic movie from like people that are our age's childhood that how can you not quote it? Ooh. Um, I need you guys to settle a debate for me. I have been arguing with my coworkers for two weeks about a topic, and they all think that I am just unhinged for this. Do you eat leftovers? And I'm excluding pizza. Pizza doesn't count as a leftover. But do you eat leftovers? I let Like in general? Just in left, general. Like... If you cook too much <laughs> pasta, are you sticking it in a Tupperware and then getting it back out and eating it later? I like leftovers. Leftovers for breakfast just hits differently i love leftovers but it also depends i will not my husband gives me a hard time i will not eat like leftover reheated eggs like the thought of like microwaving leftover eggs is the nastiest thing i refuse if it's not pizza pizza doesn't count i will not eat leftovers and we were talking about it at work the other day and i said leftovers are poor people food and they will not let it go they <laughs> remind me that i've said that every single day and they're like leftovers are poor people food. look what i'm eating my leftovers and it's just like okay i get it but also poor people what, food. If, it's, what if it's from a restaurant if it's from a restaurant is it different than leftovers worse, that you made at home worse <laughs> really and it's not even wrapped good it's in like a styrofoam case that has like all these air pockets and it gets all watery the water drips down onto the food and it's like wet and slimy and it's just disgusting do you have an air fryer? I do. An air fryer is the only justification for some leftovers. Because an air fryer like just cooks it differently, so it's okay. Um, I'm with you. I hate I hate leftovers. Um, I hate the concept of leftovers because Chan's family eats their leftovers, and so she was raised that way. So anything we make, we put it in a Tupperware, we wait for it to constantly mold, and then we throw it in the trash. And, and we we've talked about this. We throw the dishes this. away. We throw the dishes away. We've talked about this already, but... Yeah, it's uh, like right now our fridge is chock full of crap because with the baby, having the baby and stuff, people brought us food. And when people bring you food, they think that you have 19 children already. And so we've just had access. Like I literally have like half of a pizza right now that's just sitting on the stove that I need to put into plastic bags to put into the fridge to throw away three days later. Like it is just the process. That's it. Yeah, it just they won't let they won't let it go. And it, it stems for me from um, like we my parents always did leftovers and like once a week we would have leftover dinner night and it was basically just like whatever you could find in the fridge that's what you were eating and like it was just one days that my mom didn't feel like cooking that's what we had leftover dinner night um so leftovers has always just like left a bad taste in my mouth and then spaghetti 
I refuse to eat spaghetti. Like it doesn't matter. It, Gordon Ramsay could hand make the spaghetti in front of me, and I'm not freaking eating it. <laughs> I I will have a counterpoint though. Leftovers that slap. Thanksgiving leftovers. I will eat those for the next three weeks. Dude, you take the roll, the leftover roll, crack it open. You put the leftover turkey on the roll. You take the jellied cranberries, jellied, the gross little slop out of the can. Okay, you slop it out of the can, cut a slice, put it on there. Mayo. You put mayo on top of that, salt and pepper, that crap. I'll eat those for weeks after Thanksgiving. Weeks. Incredible. I'm gagging. <laughs> You've never tried that. Neither of you. No. Mayo? I, my in-laws will get together the day after Thanksgiving. Like, it's almost a bigger event. Like, we know we're going to the in-laws the day after Thanksgiving. And they have the little torta, like, bread. And they make little leftover sandwiches, including, like, a little bit of mashed potato on the bread. A little bit of mac and cheese. They're Mexican. They put a little bit of salsa on it. It's actually not bad. Oh, you gotta do it. It's I have so good. eaten leftover Thanksgiving stuff, but it's, like, next day. Any older than next day, and it's not... I'm not having it. Our leftovers from Thanksgiving, like you would eat the sandwiches for like a week after, but then there comes a like a tipping point where it's like things are about to turn, and my mom would take all of it, mashed potatoes, stuffing, everything, combine it into a casserole, and that was like the death of leftovers. And you would eat this this casserole that like all the stuffing had like turned into croutons by that point, and it was not great, but it, I love it. <laughs> Poison, Lisa. <laughs> I don't feel like it's like super sanitary like to have think about how much like how long that food's been sitting out for on thanksgiving and then you just keep pulling it out to like reheat it it can't be healthy i cannot I, I have a weird thing about like you said when it like almost gets to the point of being bad if the thought even crosses my mind that that expiration date is coming within weeks i lose all appetite for that food so like we will buy gallons of milk or half gallons of milk and they have the expiration date on the side. I stopped drinking that milk May 7th because the 7th is too close to the 9th for me to be comfortable consuming that milk. Are you on all the food is poison TikTok? No, but oh. I, it sounds like I should be. You should be. It'll probably, now that we're talking about it, it'll probably come up. It's like this audio that just says all the food is poison. And it's literally when you like put in your brain that the food is bad, you just can't shake it. Like if you get a weird taste, you're like, nope, this isn't good. Yep. I can't do it anymore. That sounds right. I, uh, you remind me of an experience from the mission. Uh, we lived in Junction City, and the, the mission leader at the time, he organized a, a program called the Gleaners Program. And gleaners. What gleaners. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so Gleaners Program, for those who need it, awesome program. Like, I, I'm all for, like, helping people. But the, the guy that organized it, he didn't necessarily need it. But essentially, they go around to grocery stores and get expired food. And then they eat the expired food. And uh, he would cook for us. And uh, your first dinner you have at his house, um, if you're like a new missionary, he calls it the greeny dinner. And so it was a bunch of expired food that I knew was expired. And then it had green food coloring in it. So everything was green. And it was quite literally one of the grossest things I've ever eaten in my entire life. And uh, Justice, who we've, we've had on the podcast, we, we went back together to go visit uh, the mission. And we stopped in to go see him because he was both of our guys, both of our, our good friend. And uh on the way to his house, he was just describing that experience, and I threw up. I had to pull over yeah. and had to throw up just because the memory of it was that vivid. And it's like, yeah, yeah expired food. I, I feel you on that. I was never in Junction City, but I had a companion that was, and he <laughs> he actually liked the Gleaner's food. And that's how you know that like something was deeply wrong with that guy. 
know how missionaries like put up with eating at other people's houses. Like that's like number one reason I could probably never be a missionary. <laughs> Yeah, my worst experience was we we ate at this family's house and anyone who feeds missionaries like it's awesome that they're like they're trying to help out so like i hate that you're like dissing on them but this one was bad where we ate at this family they were notoriously kind of like gross <laughs> anyways like they were they were just kind of unclean people and there was about like six of them that lived in this little apartment and they went to go feed us and i remember sitting down and i grabbed my fork and there was a crusty thing on it like a chunk of something on my fork and i was like i can't do this like i'm not i'm not going to be able to eat and i didn't want to like offend him and i was like this is awkward and so finally i was like hey do you mind if i just like stand up and uh just wash my fork real quick there seems to be something on it and the kid reaches across the table grabs the fork from me and goes (gasps) and rubbed it on his shirt and handed it back and i laughed because i was like oh that's a funny joke dead serious dead serious (laughs) and i ate at that house and it was awful like that's another one that if i think about long enough i probably could throw up that's disgusting (laughs) Uh, you know i have such a hard time thinking back on my mission because it's like we just took shit from everyone for two straight years and it's like no rational human being should have to put up with something like that like that that just makes me sick we, we had this one family that used to feed me and Stotts in Springfield. And every single time she made the same meal. And it was like jello with like bits of hot dog, like frozen in the jello bits. And like that was like the dessert was hot dog jello. And the main meal was some kind of pasta with like a weird sauce. And she would flavor this flavorless sauce pasta with Kraft mac and cheese cheese packets. But she wouldn't like mix it in and cook it into the sauce. It was an after the fact. Like she would make this <laughs> pasta, put the sauce on it tear open a pack of that crusty ass cheese sprinkle it on your food and say bon appetit and you were like what the hell is wrong with you like who 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 hurt you as a child why did you do this to another person you reminded me of another experience sorry Mackenzie, this is all mission stuff but (laughs) the idea of just like putting up with like people's crap and to this day like one of the worst days of my life i was like riding my bike and i was like I was near tier. Like, I'm like, I, I, what am I doing? And we were biking up this really steep hill and I saw this truck come around the corner. And as it came around the corner, this like teenage kid like leans out the window and he's like looking at us. And like, I was like, what's going on? And he gets about 20 yards away and he takes a CD and throws it as hard as he can. And the CD goes whizzing right past my face. Just like, it like almost nicked me. Just like went right past my face. And I go back and it was a Nirvana CD. And I was like, if this thing still plays, I'm listening to the entire CD. <laughs> and you're, you're not supposed to listen to music on an LDS mission. And we came back, went to the apartment, plugged it into the DVD player, and it played like a dream. And we listened to the whole thing. <laughs> but that, that day, I was like, I literally almost got decapitated by a Nirvana CD. What a strange Crazy. thing. We, yeah. we got banned from riding our bikes in a park in Medford, Bear Creek Park. Everyone that has been to Medford knows Bear Creek Park. And we got banned from going there because there was a guy riding his bike down the bike path and a dude came out of a bush and just decapitated him with a samurai sword yeah. in the park. Just random human being, homeless man pulled up, cut off his head as he was riding his bike past. So I feel that. I had to use the sword because his Nirvana CD was no, missing. Not, not quite sharp enough. Bruff, I know that we've talked about this. Mackenzie, I'm sure that you heard about the teacher um, that was shot by her six-year-old student a couple months back. Did you guys hear that she is now suing the school district, as she rightfully should? Did you hear what the school district's response was? No. They are requesting that the lawsuit be dropped because, quote unquote, 
Being shot is a common workplace injury for a teacher, and she needs to file for workers' comp rather than suing the district, even though three people had reported to the administration that the kid had a gun and they didn't do anything. They're not wrong, but also, what the hell? Like, you can't go into no word. It's common for a teacher to be shot. That needs to be workers' comp. That can't be on us. Like, how is that common? How are we okay with that being a common idea? I have no words. That similar, not super similar, but kind of similar thing in the school district that, like, I would send my child to where I live. Um, a few weeks back, some, like, preschooler, kindergartner brought a gun to school just because his dad had it laying around. It was just in his backpack. <sighs> If you're going to have guns in your house, lock them up. But also, I brought a knife to school when I was in first grade. <laughs> but in my defense, where I didn't. Where did the knife come from? Yeah, it was my dad's and it was laying around. It was actually a, the first, it was a Leatherman and it was the first time I'd ever seen it. And so I was like, oh, these foldable pliers are so cool. And I took them to school and I showed my friend Trinity, who, quick side note, if Trinity ever listens to this, you're a liar. And I know it because in <laughs> first grade, you his last name was Fox, F-O-X. And this dude straight up told me, my family owns Fox, like the brand Fox, not the news, <laughs> but like the motorsports. And he's like, yeah, my family's the only people in the world that can wear Fox. <laughs> F you, dude. But <laughs> I took, I showed him these pliers and he's like, you know, that has a knife in it, right? And I was like, <gasps> what? And he like flipped out the knife and I was like, ah! and I don't know. <laughs> so I brought a knife to school once. Are you an influencer or small business that wants to increase your reach? Do you want to see your profits increase by dozens of dollars? Advertise with us. Contact us at roommatescouch at gmail.com to be featured in an upcoming episode. My music playlist is getting just absolutely trash. I've listened to it five billion times. What is your favorite song right now in this moment? Had to listen to it 10 times in a row. What would you choose? I've been on a Taylor Swift kick right now, so I don't feel like everyone's on a Taylor Swift kick. I know. (laughs) I also have been listening to a lot of, uh, oh my gosh, Silver Lining by, let me look it up. That's another one. What kind of music do you normally listen to? Um, I love, I love all types of music. That's the thing that people say. Um, I would say, I know. Um, You know who I'm obsessed with right now is actually Noah Cyrus. She mm. just pops out some bangers. <laughs> I, don't know I know we're ever not. purposefully listened to Noah Cyrus. Dude, let me send you some gold ones. But uh, there is a. I, I'm also a sucker for a good cover. So mm. I love like emo covers of songs, but then mm. also like really good acoustic covers of songs. And there is this acoustic cover of the song Chemical by Post Malone. And it's it's good. I'm sending it to you guys in Discord because it is just a gem. Mackenzie, when, when Bruff was putting his IBC business together, we were making a banner in our living room, and I helped draw it out. I never got the credit I deserved for that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I want the internet to know, but the entire time that we were working on this thing, we listened to Front Porch Step, and there was like three weeks that me and Bob were just like grossly obsessed with Front Porch Step. Which, like, that singer is like not a good person. But yeah, he's a bad guy. Oh, he's not. It's kind of weird that you two listen to that together. Yeah, <laughs> it's like just straight up heartbreak <laughs> music. Oh, it's so yeah, good. He, he it's texts actually, underage girls he, and stuff, and he's he's kind of been canceled and isn't a great guy. Well, goodness, that's but like Chan so and song is so one good. of his songs. Oh no, oh. <laughs> it is so I didn't good. hear that last part. <laughs> he's a great guy. Awesome. So Mount Joy has been the other person I've been listening to a lot. Silver Lining, so good. Mm. I know on one of your episodes, you guys have been talking about how Spotify just gives you like the same songs like over and over, and if someone messes up your algorithm, it's, it's like over. super messed up. 
Have you guys messed with the DJ, the AI DJ on Spotify? Mm -mm. You gotta have premium. Favorite? Oh, really? You don't have premium? I'm that cheap. Broke bitch. (laughs) It's three dollars. Aaron, do you have a family account? I don't pay for life insurance and I don't pay for Spotify premium, guys. No, we don't have a family account. We pay for our own Spotify's like adults. We double pay. I have a family account. I it maxes out at six people. I am providing for my husband, for my sister in law, my two sisters, and my mom. So we all have premium. Wow. Um, the DJ on Spotify is like amazing. I got the notification that I'm in the top 3% of users that use the DJ. But it's really fun because it'll play five songs and then it'll like shake it up and shake up the vibe. And oh. it'll throw in some like recommended songs every now and then. And yeah. it'll be like, here's a throwback to some songs you used to listen to in like summer of 2017 and some good throwbacks. Yeah. I love those. Oh. Yeah. Mimit, did you send me the chat GPT thing? I, I, it was a TikTok, yeah, about using chat GPT yeah. for your Spotify algorithm and just like, mm-hmm. these are my most listened to songs. Build me a playlist. The only problem with that is it's information is a year old. So anything sooner than or more recent than a year, you're, you're kind of hit and miss as far as whether or not it's going to give you some, some good stuff. Um, but if you're not like super on about, well, like I need to listen to the newest music, then it's a good option for sure. Mm. I don't have to try that. I've, uh, I've been listening to a lot of bad omens. Um, mm. so between, uh, bad omens and loveless, and Harry Styles is always in my top and Crown the Empire, like those four I've just been all over. So I, I kind of, I go through phases of like where I want to get my like my emo music and whatever. And, you know, so I'll pierce the veil and all the, you know, the kind of screamy bands. And I'm in that phase right now where I'm just like, that's all I'm listening to. So Bad Omen's Dude. most recent album, um, The Death of Peace of Mind masterwork yesterday my husband goes mackenzie do you want to hear your daughter's favorite song and i was like yeah sure so i think i'm gonna turn on some like i don't know Coca-Melon. yeah <laughs> so like, he turns on king for a day by pierce Love the veil she instantly started screaming and really? like leaving her hands yeah i've got a little screamer like awesome. she's that's awesome she's gonna be in a screamo band it's perfect when she was first born she had a ton of hair that would just like naturally style it like a mohawk yeah i'm like she's she's destined she's built for a rocker child yeah, yeah. i can't wait Love it. That that mm-hmm. whole album is just one of my it's favorites. It's their best album. Day. Yeah. yeah. It, it um it's my dishes album. So I physically recoil from the idea of doing dishes unless I'm playing that album. That one or um from under the court tree, Fallout Boy. Mm-hmm. One of those really two good. has to be playing, otherwise I can't do dishes. That's my problem. I need a dishes playlist. Yep. Mackenzie, what are you doing? It's been a minute since we really tried. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. It has been a long time. I remember, so Mehmet and I used to like have what was it, like an hour and a half in between classes, like three times a week that we would just like sit in the MC and just chat. We should have been recording those conversations and we would have had like a pretty good podcast Yeah, and like video podcasts of like the people that we had to watch, like making out in the MC. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, since, cause how long has it been since we've chatted? Probably like 2018 2019 has been a long time now we we left rexburg in 2018 and okay like that was the last time that we were there so i don't know that i've seen you since then so it's been a while yeah i mean we do Uh, send lots of snapchats back and forth but it's mostly talking shit about people that we know (laughs) so yeah that's true we do we Uh, we spill the tea on a pretty regular basis yeah so what i'm up to these days um like i said working at a spa it's gonna be interesting. It's like 
kind of yeah just it's interesting vibes right now we've had like a lot of like change and like management and stuff recently um yeah that's been interesting so i'm there like 20 hours a week and then i'm at a behavioral health residential treatment center for teenage boys Mm. um about like 15 hours a week but we also just got word like a couple weeks ago they have managed to lose four million dollars over four years so they're closing down my husband's working there full-time so as of even more mid-june um yeah, he's going to be, we're going to be laid off. We get two-week severance packages. Um, but yeah, other than that, things are good. Our daughter turns one next month. She's super cute, We bought a way. house. Thanks. You did buy a house. We did buy a house. That's, yeah, that's pretty much where we're at. Honestly, like, living the dream. Buy yeah. a house, have a kid, lose a job. That's like all things yeah. you've got to do in your late 20s, so. That's true. Yeah. Guys, I have the most incredible story about the MC. And I've just been waiting. I've, like anything, any reason I could bring this story up, I needed to bring this up. Um, I was alone, and I don't have witnesses to it. But everything I'm about to say is 100% true. So the MC, for those listeners who are unfamiliar with the layout of uh, BYU-Idaho, it's essentially a big cafeteria, open space, where there's lots of tables. And uh, people go to the little food court area. They come out. They do their homework. And there's just a lot of people there at, at one time. I was doing my homework one day in the MC, and it was pretty empty, which was, it's not super uncommon, like when classes are all in session, um, it can be kind of dead in there, but it was pretty dead, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I just hear a blood-curling scream, just, ah! so I'm just screaming at the top of their lungs, going off, and I was like, what the heck, so I stand up, and there's like that little partition area that blocks the, like oh, the, the main stage cafeteria, like area. Yeah, yep. And I was I was back behind there and I stand up and I see a kid on a jazzy scooter and it was like this jazzy scooter that you like you sit down in and you drive it like forward cart, right? And he's driving this scooter and all of a sudden he's just like his scooter's just rocking. And I'm like, what is going on? I can still hear the screaming. And like I come over the edge and he's on top of a girl. There's a girl that is flat on her face <laughs> screaming and the jazzy scooter is like halfway up her thigh and he's just like <laughs> rocking back and forth and i was like what the heck is going on so i run over there and like i like lift up the scooter and like we like pulled this other guy came up and like pulled the girl out and stuff and she like was traumatized and she was still screaming like even after we pulled her out and she was like i have to dance today and i can't <laughs> dance now <laughs> she just kept screaming i can't dance i can't dance and i was like what is going on with this kid in the scooter and i like turned to the kid in the scooter and he's blind like he like literally glazed over blind kid in a jazzy scooter and i was like who gave you a license to drive why are you in the mc and like what is going on and so like the whole time we're like trying to figure this out we called the paramedics the paramedics are coming and stuff and the kid on the jazzy scooter just dips just hit and run <laughs> drives off into the sunset and that was it it was like this huge crazy commotion in the mc and that is something i have not thought about for years but it is vivid memory that i have of this girl getting ran over by a jazzy scooter i remember you telling me that story when we were roommates and our other roommate rj um i guess had had some experience with that kid and he's like pretty known for just like straight up running people over and not caring and so rj told us you were telling us in the apartment he's like oh yeah that guy ran over like three people last semester in the whatever building so like he's a he's he's a serial hit and run guy like he does not care incredible but how does we he not like podcast. fall off of things? Because I'm thinking about like the layout of like the MC, and you know how they have all the stairs. Like, how does he not like flying down the stairs? I don't know. Dangerous territory. 
Yeah, it's weird that he would drive something like that. You'd think he'd have like a a dog and a cane, not a 300-pound death machine that he can just crush people with. (laughs) You'd think. That's crazy. That's my one MC experience I can remember. I didn't watch people make out. Was that you guys' sick kicks? Oh, yeah. Yep, that's how I gained all my technique. (laughs) I feel like I'm in like the presence of MC royalty right now because between the two of you, we have the two top-ranking IBC businesses in BYU Idaho history. I don't know if that's true. It's hard what, bus- what business was yours, Kelton? We did the Acai Bowls. Bowls. Oh, those were pretty good. Yeah. And you did the the cookie dough, which cookie was dough. also constantly selling out. And like everyone else got like necklaces that you like engrave and were stupid and $80. And like people were buying them for girls that they knew for like three hours. But you guys selling out daily. Heck yeah. Yeah. I at the time we were led to believe that we were one of the top grossing IBC companies. Um, hindsight, I think they'd say that to every business every semester. So I, I don't think that we were we actually were, but we felt good in the moment. That's for sure. Our Mackenzie, we had a class together, and was it sales and negotiation? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think you and I had that class together, and then I think Chandler and I had a few classes together too at oh, one point. I remember yeah. that. I legit. I did not know that you knew my wife. Yeah, <laughs> so that, I think cool. her and I had four ninety nine together. Okay, yeah. cool. That's awesome. She was a business major too, right? She was accounting. Uh, accounting. Right? Yep. Oh, account. Yeah, I think four ninety nine had to take accounting. Yeah. I didn't have four ninety nine with you guys. If anyone was curious, I had dropped out long before then. <laughs> Maybe we'll send much. you back. <laughs> Maybe we'll get you on pathways. Go through no, pathways. Finish her up, dude. Not interested. <laughs> Colleges for chumps. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. All right, guys. This has been the great episode of the Roommates Couch Podcast. Thank you so much for our very special guest, Mackenzie. She is the expert on all things Lori Ballow. Um, hopefully, we don't have to talk about that anymore. Say goodbye. Go down to Arizona and get your sentencing. We are grateful for uh, all the listeners. We're grateful for that you guys are uh, sharing. We have paid out already on our bounty so there are some people that are sharing this to your stories. Um, we are going to uphold the commitment up to the first 50 people who share it. So if you're listening to for the first time, if you share this episode, you tag the Roommates Couch Pod on your socials, we'll be sure to send you a dollar via Venmo. So appreciate you all, and we will see you again next week.